0: So thank you so much, Charles, for coming on today. Uh, Rebellion Research is very honored and lucky to have such a brilliant author with 11 books, including his most recent uh, publication, The Enigma Beyond, Who Won the AI Wars? Charles has a quarter of a century of experience in the telephony world. Having worked from Nortel to Frontier, uh, we're excited to welcome him today and hear his thoughts on... Covid nineteen AI and the world in general. So thank you so much, Charles.
1: Alex, appreciate you inviting me in. <clears throat> so um, you know, we were uh, exchanging uh, conversation topics uh, across uh, LinkedIn, and uh, um, I was intrigued by the uh, by the offer to uh, you know be uh, be on this uh, on your show, uh, your discussion points, and um, sound like we had a, we have an awful lot of uh, the same interests in common.
0: Well, let's talk about your book first. Uh, you want to give us a quick synopsis of it?
1: Yeah, basically, we um, got the uh, you know the whole series is about techno thrillers, and each one has it has a different threat vector. Um, one might be uh, 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 identity theft, or you know, stealing satellites' uh, communications to be able to run a a, a, a somewhat. Um, Illegal operation, uh, I'll have to put it uh, politely. Uh, okay, you but the, the,
0: second? Have you come across Unfido, the identity theft company?
1: Um, no, I haven't.
0: Oh, very, very fascinating company. They're really trying to make some serious inroads. My friend Hussain Kusai uh, started that um, a, a few years ago, and it's using uh, facial imaging to try and uh, stop at Any theft before it happens. But anyway, keep sorry. Keep talking
1: yeah. about your synopsis. Oh yeah. So with the uh, the latest book that we just got published, um, first part of this year, uh, came out uh, January seventh. Uh, is the uh, the uh, the next generation of uh, artificial intelligence um, where the deep learning has gotten away from the uh, uh, the creators. <clears throat> And the, uh, uh, they're using their um, considerable power in supercomputers to be able to uh, uh, direct the, the human population. Um, and we uh, we use uh, you know three uh, uh, three major corporations that will remain anonymous, but uh, you can pretty well figure out that the uh, dominating of you know the uh, economies of the other planet was only the first step, and so now they're interested in. Um, ruling so um
0: well charles let me stop you there because one of my very good friends is a man named edward mitby a brilliant guy he's the senior ai engineer at vanguard and something we always joke about is how uh three certain tech companies will just rule the ai world because what makes ai work is the data that it has to learn from and if three companies just have more data than anyone else their their AI will be trained on stuff that no one else has access to.
1: Well, yeah, and the uh, I guess the irony of it is that the uh, you know they offer the, the uh the services for free. Here, park your pictures up here. Park all of your uh, everything that you are in our cloud, and we'll make it very compelling. And oh, uh, I didn't mean to, uh, didn't have to. Uh, I, shouldn't have, I should have told you that uh, uh, we're, we're scanning it, uh, anonymizing it, of course, uh, so yeah, we can't use it against you, but um, I agree enough stuff, I can pretty well determine it's, who it is and where it's located, and uh, you can reverse engineer just about anything that you can run through an algorithm like that, so um, um, we, uh, we pushed uh, that concept just a little farther uh, so that it's like bordering on terrifying. So um, it's uh, it's an interesting proposition because without guardrails, uh, the artificial intelligence, the uh, the deep uh, the deep learning, unrestricted deep learning, those are the uh, those are the areas where it's like, yes, you can do this, but should you? Is probably the question. We'd like to I,
0: ask. I also I take a I take it a, I take a step back, and I, I say to friends, clients, um, you know, when it comes to the dangers of AI. AI is a machine, and it's a mechanism that can be used by human beings. So is it any different from a Boeing 737 Max or a gun that is used in a you know, massive shooting? No, it's, it's a machine that will be manipulated by human beings, and it will be used dangerously at times, and it will be used you know, with, you know, in unjust fashions. So you know, as we become more of an AI world, many of our dangers are becoming AI-based. For instance, deep fakes are an incredible, uh, you know, frightening uh, phenomenon that's really just occurred in the last few years.
1: Yeah, uh, your your point's well taken. Uh, and for disclosure here, I use a lot of artificial intelligence in in uh, my uh, my current role. I mean, it,
0: oh, you know, if you're doing current
1: role, by the way. Um, well, current role is uh, in Unified Communications as a Service, but so it's voice, media, um, instant messaging, presence—all of the stuff rolled into a a, a, a concept called uh, Unified Communications as a Service. But security is always a, a very important piece to that. The problem with security. The, um, uh, where, it, where it applies to unified communication. I got all these different medias uh, swirling around, and this is where the bad guys like to be able to hide out and uh, do their attack vectors. So,
0: Well, let's discuss try. COVID. I mean, your network usage must be off the charts.
1: It's, um, it went from everybody saying uh, digital uh, conversion, uh, maybe next year, to <laughs> I need this yesterday. You know, and give me a license just right you know, they show up with checks and it's like, you know, it's, it was like somebody threw a light switch on and all of a sudden it was like, everybody has to work at home, including the contact center agents, which is phenomenal. I used to install contact centers uh, in my youth, uh, many uh, years ago. And uh, the rule was, I want cheeks and seats here, guys, you know, they can't work from home, they can't work remote. I want to see them. I want to, you know, uh, hear that they're here smell their bad breath, all of that, so um, it's, now it's like, no, everybody go home, go home, go home, and you can't do that without infrastructure, and so now it's just like this tsunami of requests, RFPs, uh, I gotta have this done, I need licenses, it's, uh, it was like, um, yeah, swamped, that's, that's an easy word to say.
0: Do you think we're in a total economic social shift towards working at home? Or do you think this is going to, you know, return after this ends?
1: Um, I don't think it'll ever return to what it was. There was a lot of people that just said, um, you know, I want you here. I mean, I I worked uh, for a a major manufacturer, uh, automobile manufacturer. I had a six month contract with them for two years and um, they insisted I was there every day and so now it's like okay now you have to work from home and so if I, you know i felt a big victory to be able to work one day a week from home but um the human human uh, people at the humanistic uh, relationships do, uh, need a certain amount of uh close proximity face-to-face time you know the video nice uh, it you know it does it obviate the travel needs uh yeah it actually does um people do business with people. So there's yes. gotta be some face time, but I don't think we'll ever go back to everybody, pile in here, you know, go through the, you know, when when corporations realize I can do this with um, infrastructure um, at your house, I can start uh, freeing up uh, real estate that's expensive in my, my business and have people work in distributed architectures. Now, the full disclosure here, I've been working from home since 98. And uh, I worked on usually on global teams or around the planet. I've had managers I've never met and just talked to them on the phone uh, because the, uh, you know, they were in France or the uh, you know, Ireland or uh, in Canada. So uh, my last boss at the last place I was at, he was out of uh, Brazil. So um, it's, I'm comfortable with it. I'm sure a lot of people are not. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, as someone who's been engineering myself for uh, two plus decades, I have you know, made so many friends that I never have even met myself. And yeah, exactly. We've worked, on, we've worked on, you know, code together and projects together, but you know continents apart. And it's amazing. You know, one of my favorite interviewees was Jeff Adams, uh, who invented Alexa for Amazon. And then he went and started Cobalt Robotics, and he never even opened an office. He just said, okay, I'm going to find the best NLP people. I'll give them their projects. I know what to assign them. And, you know, if I'm happy with them, great. And if not, a month later, they're gone. And if I'm happy with them, I'll pay them very well because I've got, you know, great contracts. And yeah. So, uh, you know, that was maybe a year, year and a half ago. And now it's just, it's really just become everywhere. Uh, you know, the yeah. Real estate could be in a little bit of trouble. Some real estate here and there, I, I think, could be in some trouble. But
1: Yeah. Right. Well, it's uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the uh, you know, the RTF's um, uh, real estate uh, uh, conglomerates, where they you know they buy up properties and then you know they turn in, turn them into uh, uh, you know different uh, uh, investment vehicles. So now we're
0: um, actually doing a project on that. I have um, a few of my students from Columbia and uh, Fordham doing uh, research on how COVID. Has changed real estate valuations across the board, and so you know we yeah. look at you know REITs versus you know, condo. Or, you know we'll break down the real estate industry into its various uh, you know, microcosms, and you know it's been it's been a, a tough you know go for the last three months, obviously. Uh,
1: yeah, well, even even uh, uh, you know the uh, the standard uh, retail market for housing. Um, I've, my neighbor put his house up just. For sale just as it uh, the uh COVID 19 hit. And it's still you know, nobody wants to go to somebody else's house and snoop around like, hey, wait a minute, um, you know, is this a is this a risk for me personally? No. Um and so now we are seeing uh the whole cottage industry just kind of spring up of um here, let me video tape your uh, or video, your, uh, your house, and put it online. And then that way, you don't have the exposure, but you get a chance to be able to see the house without the, uh, the risk. Um, interesting. You know, uh, so I think we'll see a lot of things morph and shift uh, as, they, uh, uh, as time wears on. Because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do it that way. Like, so I, that's my, my statement. It, it, we won't go back to what we had.
0: Well, uh, what have you been most surprised by in this COVID epidemic?
1: Um, I guess the, I guess the fact that the, uh, you know, uh, the SARS that we had in the 2003 never got the attention that, you know, the swine flu that never got the attention. And then all of a sudden it's a pandemic that hasn't reached anywhere close to the ghastly one that they had in, in uh, you know, 1918, 1919, oh. um, where they killed, it, it killed 20 million people. So um, I, I'm not sure that it was, it got, it certainly got everybody's attention, I'll tell you that, but uh, I think there's a little bit of over-rotation, to yeah. be blunt.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't do politics on the show as a strict scientist. You know, I, I teach yeah. at Cornell and Fordham, and, you know, teaching is my passion. And so I keep politics completely out of the show. But I will say is I'm a very, very strict libertarian. So um, you can interpret my feelings on everything from that. Um, and I'm a very, very, very strict individual. So when it comes to how a libertarian would feel, Uh, My my friend Elon Musk actually espouses quite a bit of how I feel and I was not always a big fan of Elon, Um, you know, he, uh, you know, I I had some issues with Tesla. Now i have actually becoming more and more of a fan of Tesla, but um, I've gone from being quite a cynic on Tesla to being, I don't want to say I'm a bull because I don't know about the valuation of Tesla, but I'm convinced that they've created a product that is better than other products.
1: Um, i think i'd have to uh i i 'm sort of like you i'm I've gotten a sort of a grudging admiration for him um, yes. yeah he, he's uh, made a couple of mistakes and uh faux pas here and there but uh uh for the most part uh, a very interesting uh, uh investor uh, in the in the future i like what uh, what he and uh, um, Jeff um uh, have put together um and they state it so elegantly it 's like hey look um the for their their new space initiatives that they're they're doing they talk about you know hey uh, the post office was there for me to build my business on delivery um so i used their the infrastructure that was uh, that i inherited that was part of the environment um to be able to build my business and now you know the, the you know the, the the satellite launches the uh, the discussions about uh, you know space travel uh his statement was i want to build the next level of infrastructure for people to build on top of that, so like huh that's um, both he and uh, Elon uh, had that, that same kind of uh, attitude, i 'm like, i hadn't thought of it in those terms. building the infrastructure that other people can build their businesses on, so um, yeah, you can say what you like about them, but um, if that's their, their 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 true belief, then i'm I like that I yeah like
0: that. no he, you know he tries, he tries very, very, very hard. And he tries, he's always trying to learn, actually. He's, you know, obsessed with being around people who are smarter than himself. That's something that, you know, my my mother gave me advice when I was very young. She said, you know, always pick the smartest uh, person in your lab to be your lab partner. And so I've always, you know, veered towards people who were far smarter than myself uh, so that I could constantly be learning. And... You know, it's now it's just become a kind of an endless thirst. If anything, I teach so that I can con- continually learn more. Uh, by teaching, I learn so
1: much more than I would otherwise. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, I got, actually that that's a that's an interesting point. I actually had somebody tell me that many many moons ago. He said, "If you want to learn something, go teach it." Yeah. Um, and uh, from that point on, I've I think I've been extremely fussy about my details. I want to know how it works. Not just, uh, here's the price sheet for it. So, you know, uh, I was on a call this morning with uh, a gal from uh, California. She said, I've got this problem with uh, this voice uh, sale that we're trying to uh, uh, de-risk. Can you jump on and help us? And here's the net net of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after we got finished, she goes, I'm going to drag you in on all of my calls from now on. So um, it has helped to, uh, you know, have that kind of discipline. To uh, to be able to teach.
0: When did you know you wanted to be an engineer? Was that five, six years old, or
1: <laughs> um, early on in my youth? Um, I was a uh, a bookstore owner, and uh, that's I guess that's you know why I, I still uh, like to uh, crank out uh, books and and short stories. But uh, um, that moved me into the distribution uh, arena and my task at that point in time but that was we were we were doing so well like i need to automate this and yeah. so i bought one of the earliest versions of uh, software that you can imagine um and the earliest hardware platforms that you can imagine novell NetWare, and um you've probably never even heard of that and, and basically automated my company and uh, I liked it. I just, you know, I sold off the uh, wholesale distribution, uh, the retail stores, and then basically just never looked back. It's like, okay. So I worked on the HP 1000 mainframe computers I've worked on. I mean, I mean, we're talking about, it takes two guys to be able to lift the disk drives into the bays. I mean, if you can imagine that on uh, a whopping, uh, you know, 40 megabyte drives. I mean, these were, you know, ancient times.
0: Ask how many retail stores did you have? That's, I, I didn't even know about that.
1: Um, I had three. Um, That's and very then, cool. um, Wow. Yeah. So uh, the uh, and the, the 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 flagship one still there after thirty-five years because uh, they, they they had actually had a uh, an anniversary party for them down there in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, celebrating that store that uh, I, I I basically put together.
0: I love Austin. Great town. My uh, college roommate, I'm married, actually, at, uh, I think it's Round Rock.
1: Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's actually the home of uh, Dell Computers.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. That was a uh, really good country, a uh, great place to live. Well, we're coming to uh, the end of our little talk here. So is there anything you want to say to our listeners before we finish up?
1: Um, no, just, uh, you know, for anybody that, uh, that likes techno thrillers, and uh, I, I – my uh, myself, my co author, we bake in a lot of technical facts. So I mean, all the stuff that we see trip over, uh, are inundated with and in our regular job typically finds its way into our book series in one threat vector or another. So the Enigma book series, um, we're on the, it's our website, we're on Amazon. Um, and you can, you can find us under technical thrillers. Wonderful. Uh, so so uh, Alex, I appreciate you, uh, you, you uh, invited me on and And uh, allow me to just kind of chat with you back and forth.
0: My pleasure. Pleasure Pleasure is all mine. And I hope everyone goes out and buys Charles' book. Sounds uh, fantastic. And the other 10. So, uh, yeah. Charles, you have a great day. And uh, everyone stay uh, safe during COVID. Uh, Be well, Charles. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Alex.